of the Baked and Awake podcast. At the time of this recording, it's January 8th, 2020, a Wednesday, and this is episode 96 of the podcast. This is an episode I've entitled, Don't Worry, I've Never Heard of Parallel Reality Before Either. source for this story that I'm about to share with you, as always, comes from probably my favorite internet news source slash dot dot org. This is a repost from Fast Company, a tech blog type website. The author of the article is Harry McCracken, and his author credit reads, Harry McCracken is the technology editor for Fast Company based in San Francisco. In past lives, he was editor-at-large for Time magazine, founder and editor of Technologizer, and editor of PC World. Uh, I'm going to include a link to the story. I'm going to be extremely lightly paraphrasing the story. I've basically got my own commentary on the, on the gist that I got from the article that I'm going to share with you today. But uh, the title of the story is called Delta's Parallel Reality Airport Display. Sounds like sci-fi, but it's real. So uh, I threw out a couple other stories right away when I came across this one. Uh, In the past, we've talked about augmented reality here. We've talked about AI and our concerns about how that all is playing out in our world today. Um... A lot of topics that sort of relate to this tangentially in some way, shape, or form, as I think you'll see once we get into it here. The gist of the story is this, however. Earlier this year, in 2019, Delta Airlines bought into uh, a Redmond, Washington-based startup. Uh, and when I say bought in, I mean an $8 million contribution to a Series A funding round, so more than enough to, you know, keep most startups running for a year or two. Uh, But a Redmond, Washington-based, you know, so right here in the Pacific Northwest, startup not at all ominously named Misapplied Sciences. They're all Microsoft alums, by the way. Misapplied was operating in, quote, stealth mode since 2014, while building a new tech that Delta now intends to deploy ubiquitously throughout airports all over the world, presumably. It's in beta right now, but you don't don't buy this unless you're planning on using it, you know, buy into this tech. You know, deploy it in airports all around the world, creating a new experience for customers whereby the signage that you, the traveler, sees 
will be entirely personalized to you and you and you, every individual. And that doesn't mean they're going to have hundreds of extra signs everywhere, thousands throughout the airport. No, it's going to work with special displays. More on that in a moment. From the story, though, uh, we have a quote from their CEO, COO, Gil West, all right, chief operating officer. And he says, it's almost limitless, the product map. Curb to gate for things like wayfinding, boarding, upgrades, service recovery if your flight is delayed or canceled. The tech that accomplishes this seemingly miraculous feat does so by hyper-focusing pixels on a special display, which, depending on the viewer's position in terms of in front in relation to the display, will only beam specific images, colors, text, anything, obviously anything, to each individual user. Oh yeah, and AI and a bunch of video cameras mounted all over the place where the system is deployed. I choose that word deployed for a reason. The screens, still early versions of the tech, according to the article, currently have some limitations on the number of different subjects they can display unique information for. But even these limits are staggering in this like prototype level of the technology. And prototype's probably not accurate. They're getting ready to beta test this, so they have something resembling a production. One iteration of this tech, though, of the parallel reality screen can display unique information to 18,000 different points in front of it. While another is claimed to be able to split its display a million times. Now, that to me seems like, you know, something you would use definitely outside of an airport as well, right? Uh, I'm imagining billboards on roadways, window signs in businesses that deliver customized, targeted ads. The conspiracy theorist in me is also envisioning, like, dystopian public service, with air quotes, displays everywhere that might beam reminders or warnings to people who've maybe forgotten to pay a parking fine or perhaps are in the midst of considering other mundane civil infractions like jaywalking, littering, parking in the load zone, jumping a mass transit turnstile. Although I think that's more than a civil infraction. They're jumping people for that kind of stuff. But you could, you know, that's where my head goes, right? Definitely, um... I'm extrapolating and I'm speculating, but this is what happens with tech like this, so, in my experience in the past. The company's CEO, though, in a quote for the Fast Company story, said, the system is agnostic to the tracking technology. All we need to know is a three-dimensional location that we want to send a piece of content to. So that statement I find concerning when referring to a technology that mostly relies on many cameras being arrayed and networked together to follow the traveler around the airport 
so that the system can tell when someone is standing in front of one of the displays and can then perform its function. For the sake of clarity for myself and for both of us, and in order to quell my initial weird feeling about this choice of words, um, especially in that moment, I looked up the definition of agnostic, right? We all think we know the definition, but let's, let's remind ourselves. All right, as applied in this sentence, it's an adjective, so a descriptive word. Although a person can also be labeled an agnostic, and in that case, of course, the word is a noun. Starting with the adjective, however, we find per Google that adjective is uh, that, that, that agnostic is an adjective, right? And relating to agnostics or agnosticism. Now, we'll get to that. But let's read the, the synonyms for agnostic. Synonyms include skeptical, doubting, questioning, unsure, cynical, unbelieving, disbelieving, non-believing, faithless, irreligious, rationalist, nullifidian. What a great word that is, nullifidian. Okay, so that's, you know, those are a great list of synonyms for agnostic that, you know, you could sit and ponder and turn them over in your head any way you want to. But further clarity may certainly be gained by also reading the noun's definition itself. And that reads, agnostic. Quote, a person who believes that nothing is known or can be known of the existence or nature of God or of anything beyond material phenomena. A person who claims neither faith nor disbelief in God. So, I don't know. I don't know. Seems like a funny choice of words. Agnostic. I mean, your tech your tech has a core component of output. That's the display. But the display is useless without some inputs to help it with what it's displaying. And those inputs include AI and, and a lot of cameras. So um, these technologies are, you know, in the, in the case of the first AI, we've got our given existing concerns with it. Mm. Uh, existing facial recognition tech is kind of so-so and been known to have some weird biases, etc. This tech claims not to need facial recognition. It it, it uh, captures you as a indistinct blob. So it, what, it you know, matches your body shape and profile a little bit and maybe anonymizes, but probably doesn't, your actual image. And then in the case of the second, the cameras, you know, what's the... What's the exposure there? Obviously, total evaporation of privacy. And then on top of it, what risks are there to the camera system being, you know, hacked, leveraged, exploited, compromised in, in some way or many different ways, right? That's my take on that. I don't know. Moving on, though, speaking again of magic... because they, they termed this, like, could have been a magic trick. Uh, I've got it right here. Uh, you know, I saw some, again, weed and paranoia-fueled, no doubt, 
red flags to me in the language chosen by the article's author, uh, Mr. McCracken, over and above misapplied CEO's somewhat glib take, in my opinion, on his responsibility to like acknowledge the true scope of their text wider applications. Um, the article itself opens with like the first sentence with uh, the writer characterizing the airport traveling experience as a ritual. Fine, no big deal. It's just, you know, funny little choice of words. But again, it's like weird. You know, you, you know anybody can turn anything into anything. So, and here I am doing my conspiracy take on this story, but the airport traveling experience as a ritual. Okay, you know. What do you do in rituals? You make offerings, you, you know, say, you might say some prayers or some declarations or affirmations, things, you know, intentions that you want to make manifest. It's interesting. A couple paragraphs down after that. There's a statement about how the tech in question is being judged or, you know, can be judged as a technological magic trick, right? And that's, again, cliche, no knock on our guy. Um, any sufficiently advanced technology is indistinguishable from magic, some, you know, Arthur C. Clarke-esque quote like that, right? Typical tech, you know, jargon here in form of them also referencing the startup of misapplied sciences uh, company being in stealth mode uh, and their choice to use phrases like deployed and deployment, which actually appear three times when referencing additional applications for the technology, as well as where Delta is currently planning to test it, which, by the way, is Detroit, Michigan. To be fair, McCracken is a tech writer by trade, okay? We read his credentials at the top of the doc there. He's been in this space for a long time. And in that realm, specifically in software development, deploy, okay, like my hands are up. I'm, I'm saying, you know, I'm conceding this point. Deploy is frequently used as a label for certain uh, workflows, okay, including things like pushing updates to servers, handing off of new builds from like servers to testers, etc. You know, because you'll go and pick a build from from a from a, a test server somewhere, uh, or, or run it in a test server. You know, that's not a live environment. We, you know, uh, yeah, like we deployed this new build this morning, so you clowns should be able to break it as soon as you're ready. You know, that sort of thing, right? That'd be what your your um, devs will tell you when you're working in test. Um, so that, you know, deploy could literally just be force of tech guy habit. When you're in this space for a long time, you just hear deploy, deploy, deploy. But I don't love that word here <laughs> in this, like, mostly layman-oriented article. I don't know. It just, uh, it's weird. Yeah, like... Deployment is like all sorts of different things, right? Whenever your car's infotainment system, for example, receives like an over-the-air update, some sysadmin somewhere a few hours before got a little IT boner when they said, we've deployed the latest code to the live server, you know, words to that effect. So, again, I don't know. But deploy otherwise, outside of that sort of very specific niche 
area. I think most of us think of deploy as in deploying troops, you know, deploying soldiers, uh, deploying weapons. You know, I don't I don't deploy my uh, water sprinkler in the backyard for the lawn. You know, I don't deploy the you know, the outside light on the patio when I'm keeping it bright in the dusk for when the family gets home. Uh, so, you know, we don't use that word a lot. So it's, it's paramilitarism kind of vibe. But again, it's software talk. So whatever. A little bit more on it, though. The project was born out of a 2014 uh, Microsoft backed experiment at the time with spectators at a pro sports event. I don't think it was specified exactly what event, uh, you know, maybe a Seahawks game or something, where cell phones were used to signal individuals to sit or stand on command, okay, effectively turning them into human pixels, right? You could make uh, uh, with that kind of uh, cue system, you could get people to do the wave or stand up in, in the shapes of letters and numbers and things or make a smiley face in the stands, right, that you could see from, you know, a wider shot. So uh, to me, that smacks of like cybernetics, right? Cybernetics being, you know, that this system of understanding organisms, not just humans, but organisms, living creatures, goal-seeking behaviors and reinforcing them through little uh, feedback loops of, you know, positive and negative feedback. And, and through doing so with these very subtle cues, you can sort of coax living things into acting one way and not another. We've talked about cybernetics in the past, so and we're not done. We'll continue to look at that topic in the future. But uh, misapplied sciences also has a connection to Walt Disney Imagineering. So that, you know, could be wonderful and delightful or it could seem, you know, interesting and weird and ominous depending on how, like, red-pilled you think you are, you know, I don't know, um, through co-founder Dave Thompson. So co-founder of misapplied sciences and uh he previously worked in creating theme park experiences for disney so uh there again disney theme park theme park experiences to me are a lot of psychology and again cybernetics type tones overtones or undertones uh all with like the express intent of doing what getting you to stay longer right and spend more money in the enchanted kingdom in my opinion well, I don't, I don't even think that's much of an opinion. What, what else would you do with your theme park experience crafting, right? Delta is, like, taking this show on the road with this tech. They're going to CES this year. They're going to be showing a video at CES called their, like, Future Visions video. And that uh, video includes a clip of a parallel reality-powered security check-in experience that appears to be you know, a seamless, hands-free operation. And this is from the article. I haven't seen that video yet. I, I may go to Delta's website and see if we can catch it yet, or maybe it's not going to be out until they actually make the presentation at CES. So, But, uh, you know, I was already thinking about security check-in when they talked about using it for schedules and boarding, et cetera, right? It's all, it's all, it's all one big experience and how much of it you choose to automate or... AIify the rest of the process and experience isn't necessarily divorced from it, right? They're all connected. So, uh, you know, I think 
something like that, something that showcases how much quicker you can get through security and get to your flight without being, you know, touched and stuff like that or scanned in some obvious ugly uh, scanner for the TSA, then I think, you know, something like that will be heavily leveraged to push in terms of PR for widespread use of more such systems in other public spaces as well as secure buildings, right? You could see this being used in malls. You could see this being used in stadiums. They talk about uh, it in retail shopping experiences already anyway. So there you go. You might get you might get cammed on your way into the mall. You might get tracked all the way through the main concourse of the mall. And then you may even be getting tracked by a new system as you roll into the stores of your choice that you're shopping in. So, you know, malls, stadiums, high-rise offices, apartments, you name it. Mass transit. Um, I just found this a really interesting article and an interesting story about some interesting, interesting tech that I can call it right now, unless it's fundamentally, profoundly broken and doesn't work in the way they describe it right now, which it sounds like it does and is working. Uh, but in, uh, barring something like that, this is going to become an extremely highly adopted tech that will be used in ways that I haven't even foreseen at all yet or any of us that you know ways we don't, we haven't even come up with yet are going to be ways in which tech like this will be leveraged so uh, the article though closes with and here we'll here we'll paraphrase lightly and get sort of um, Mr. McCracken's closing here he says, Future possibilities aside, once Delta's beta experience is up and running, it should be worth at least a few minutes for anyone who travels through the airline's Detroit terminal and wants to see something genuinely new. Ng, uh, I think it's Anthony Ng, the CEO, however, NG is his last name, so um, forgive me, however, remains insistent that the ultimate goal isn't to wow anybody. Like many a potential breakthrough before it, parallel reality will matter most if we start to take it for granted. Quote, It's not about appreciating the technology, the CEO says. It's about people going through these venues and getting a seamless experience. And when we can get to that point where the technology blends away, that means we made it. That means we were successful. And I'll simply extend that to add the sentiment. That means we will be living in a real-life panopticon that however Delta and misapplied sciences thinks they have total control over it and can safeguard our privacy while deploying it around airport terminals around the world, that that's one more system that the government's going to be requesting backdoors into that they're going to be demanding is leveraged at certain times of high alert to monitor the airport in ways that the system was never designed to do maybe even handing off that supposedly non-personalized data that's temporarily collected by the system 
squirreling that away for analysis and other purposes, exploitation. So, you know, those are my, those are my concerns with a, a new tech that I just found out about today called Parallel Reality that's apparently being built just up the road from me here in the Pacific Northwest in western Washington. And that's what's up in the beginning of 2020. Among many other things happening already this month. So anyway, that's all I got on this one. Uh, thank you to Harry McCracken and Fast Company for that story. Thank you guys for listening to that story. I hope you enjoyed it. I hope it gives you something to think about as you continue your day without too much, you know, fear or worry. It's it's what it is, as they say. He was one of the biggest, saddest, most defeatist cliches in the world. Anywho, uh, before I let you go, I'd like to thank a couple of my Instagram friends, Melbourne Mudflood and uh, Sean McCoy of the Come to the Table podcast for sharing my Guardians of the Galaxy podcasting meme over there yesterday. Uh, if you guys haven't seen it, go roll over to Instagram, follow me at Baked and Awake, and you can see that and a lot of other silliness that I post over there. I have a lot of fun on Instagram still. Uh, but Melbourne Mudflood, come to the table. You guys are the real MVPs. Thank you both for sharing my meme to your stories. Uh, honorable mention among my Instagram family for today also includes um, It's Your Girl, M7, who I love and who posts uncomfortable truths all day long on her account. I mean, I even squirm sometimes. And yet she still manages to have a sense of humor about it. And uh, she's the kind of like in the trenches truther that's not on YouTube, that's not pushing a podcast, that's not doesn't have any big agenda at all. She's just getting it done and reaching people and teaching people every way she knows how. Uh, appreciate you. And uh, also appreciate and am really excited to talk to my friend Alan Wolf Photos real soon. Uh, he listens to the podcast. He was recently traveling in Spain and went a little mud flood crazy while he was there got that Tartarian fever. Alan, I'm looking forward to pouring over some of those images that you took and have been sharing at full resolution soon, brother. Uh, follow everybody I just mentioned. I'm going to turn each one of their names in my show notes into a clickable link that should get you to their Instagram pages. Give them a follow. Give them some love. Tell them Steve sent you. I only got three more shows until episode 100, okay? This has been episode 96. What do you guys think I should do for that milestone? Anything special? Get at me. Let me know. You can always find me at talktous at bakedandawake.com. Also, please visit my permanent internet home at www.bakedandawake.com where you can find the podcasts, where you can learn a little bit more about me, you can connect with other listeners and myself in the Smoking Lounge, our little horrifying chat room that looks like it's from 1984. Uh, and support the show if you choose to do so by buying some podcast merch 
or checking out my Amazon affiliate links for my self-published journal and daily planner and other fine products you probably need in your lives. Maybe. Maybe. All right, everybody. I've been your stony host, Steve. And you can make me happy, really happy, really happy this week by posting an image to your favorite social media platform and hashtagging it with our motto. Say it with me. Smoke Indica. Do shit anyway. Thank mm-hmm. you.